I reckon 99.9% .9 of us, if we could steer these things, would be finished in three laps with all the forces that are going on. Lights out, and away we go! Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. I'm Andy Lewis. And I'm Tim Lewis. Now let's start the show. Best thing since sliced bread. Let's start the show indeed. <laughs> Is that with or without butter? With butter, of course. Oh, so much no. butter. Well, that's what bread is, is a delivery system for butter. That's the always. Well, we're Bottom back line. with another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. This is your race reaction and recap for the United States Grand Prix. The one, the only United States Grand Prix at Austin. Um, we have a very special guest joining me in studio, Miss Ash Ward. A.K.A. known as Ashton Martin. Yes. Um, I've known Ash for years. We used to work together. Um, Ash is a very talented realtor in the greater Denver area. If you need reality work, <laughs> go get Nash. Um, she's also a, a new-to-the-sport fan of F1, and I've been really forcing it on <laughs> at work <laughs> and at the shop and uh but you you came to know the the sport through drive to survive right yeah i discovered drive to survive i think in 2020 during covid uh, awesome and then i started talking to you about it and then i discovered that you listened to it and you told me that you had launched a podcast and so then i got into it more and more and then you hounded me about downloading f1 tv for yeah. about a year and I finally did that, and I've been watching race recaps for a while, but nice. I just watched my very first race with you on Sunday. That's right. Yeah. Not just me, but we have Matty O'Patty, uh, Paige, our friend Paige. Um, Will. Will, which is Matty O'Patty's roommate, and then uh, my buddy Steven. Um, we all got together, got some barbecue, seemed fitting for Austin, and watched the Grand Prix. The two-hour race took about four hours, uh -huh. but <laughs> lots of questions, lots of lots of stopping, lots of fun. Um, but which actually made for a somewhat lackadaisical U.S. Grand Prix a lot more fun than it would have been. I think just uh, to power through, just just to just on my own. It's always funner watching the sport with people, for sure. Totally. Uh, I I miss the days when me and T Sauce used to get together like every race and watch it. Um, but now he lived, he had to move, move far away. <laughs> West slope is the best slope, baby. Incorrect. But no, it actually is much prettier. <laughs> um, dad, how did you find the U S Grand Prix? Well, I was thinking it might be based on how the sprint race went. I was hoping I, that it would make up for, well, yeah. I, my excitement got that. after qualifying. Oh, I yeah. mean, Ash is looking at me like, what? what <laughs> um, so Max Ma Max had some very rare for him. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. He's already won the world championship, but it's still very out of characteristic for his ability. He had two pretty significant errors, one that didn't really cost him anything and one that cost him pole. Um, he was on course to... I think had three tenths on Leclerc for pole and yeah. uh, went, did track limits. And so his lap time got deleted. And so it, and it relegated him from first place to sixth place. Can you tell me what track limits is? 
Yeah, so on the outside of the track, there's a white painted line. It's also on the inside. And on the inside, on the edges of the the racing surface. And you can have, you can cross it with one set of tires, but one part of the the traction area of the tire has to be in contact with that line at all times, or you get, you went off the track, which the argument is that at key corners, I think they said that that last turn, what is that turn 13 or 19 or whatever it is? I can't remember at the, the stewards reckon that track limit violations were good for almost a second a lap. If you, from that corner, if you go over that corner far enough that you can carry more speed through the corner which then, since it's usually corners pre precede straights, right. if you can carry more speed onto the straight, you're going faster for longer than other cars. So, like, usually sequence, like, turns are calculated in sequences even. So, like, if you blow the entry, like, especially at Austin, if you blow the entry to five, it ruins you for six, seven, eight. Like, it's a continuous... The, the time you lose is continuous. So was it a strategy for some people to go? We kept I mean, in the, in the past, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a more recent thing that the FIA has been harsher. They've actually set a rule because it used to be like at certain races, certain turns, the race director, the guy who oversees the race, would they, 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 and this happens all the time. Race director's notes. So before a race, based on like what happened in qualifying or practice, the race director can go, you guys can't do this. Like at, at uh, Qatar, when they said tires can't exceed 18 laps. That was a race director's, and they moved track limits at that race too. It's like, we're going to do this because of safety. We're going to, this is a rule for this race. You can't do this. And before every race, there's a driver's briefing where all the drivers are, are told that. When they can also ask questions and like make clarifications and stuff. And only was it last year, Pops, that it officially went to the off one tire at every turn, no matter what, for you in qualifying it's it's a deleted lap. And in the race, we were talking about this on Sat on Sunday, that they get three times, then they're shown a black and white flag, and then they start accruing five second penalties. Right. Which when we were watching this, I don't know if they went back and made deductions, but m- several people oh, yeah. went over yeah. track limits multiple times, and they were not mentioning this in the... Yeah, there was a big hubbub about this. I mean, Singapore was a really bad one. Was it Singapore? When, or The worst one was Austria this year. It, it took something like three and a half hours after the race to calculate and give penalties out. And so for three hours after the race, we didn't know the or- the finishing order. Mm. And were so... They, were, did they go back this time and... No, you're fine. Did they go back this time and make adjustments or did they just like... It, I don't think there was enough that it was a problem for this Grand Prix okay. most of the time. Do you remember anything? I don't remember. It. The, the big one was just Hamilton and Leclerc's disqualification at this one. Which we'll we'll come to, but the big hubbub about track limits is that it's it's difficult to police. It's not often policed equitably, and it's very very difficult for the drivers to know that. Like like I was telling you guys um, on Sunday, like when you're sitting in the car, you can only see the top of your top, your front tires. That's that's pretty much it, and so. And we're talking about millimeters, but 
you know, there are circuits that don't, they have what they call physical track limits. So there's no, there would be no advantage and the drivers are much more aware of them. So like Monaco, it's a wall. Vegas, there'll be a wall, you know, right. or older tracks in certain areas, it's, it's gravel or grass. And so you're going to lose significant time putting a wheel on the grass or into gravel, potentially a spin. But if it's runoff, it's just more tarmac. So it's easier to gain time. It's easier. And and racing drivers are racing drivers. They're, if there's a way to gain, you, I mean, you see them. They're like, you're two tenths down. And like, if doing that can give you five tenths in one corner, that's massive. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between sixth place and first place. Yeah. And so Brundle is famous for it. He said, no, the rules, the rules. You can't leave the track. If you leave the track, it's a penalty. I'm fine with it. And they're like, I'm fine with it too. I just think there needs to be... They need the, the drivers need to be able to be aware of how close they are to that limit. And like it could be so easy as putting us like having some sort of sensor system installed in every single track so that like it like a sound like parking sensors or something. The, the drivers would know how close they are at all times, because when you can see a wall, you're not going to hit a wall. When you know there's gravel, they don't hit gravel. I mean, these guys are elite. You know, they have at Singapore and and Qatar or I mean, um. Saudi Arabia and all these straight uh, Monaco street circuits, they have, you know, like they're getting within 10 millimeters of the wall going 170 miles an hour. And they're doing that lap after lap after lap. Like these guys can do that. But if there's a way to exploit it or cheat it a little bit, of course they're going to. Anything to add to the, the much debated track limits, Dad, for Ashes? Uh, no. I mean, it's just, it's actually, I think they really review it with high speed, slow-mo, zoomed in, and they know who's off the track and who's not. Now. But, it, but again, that's still human and fallible. Like there's only so many stewards. There's only so many people watching corners, and there's 20 cars banging around there. Like, And in, sometimes in such quick succession, are they really able? Like That's why it's got to be automated, I think. Yeah. And like every time it happens, something flashes on the driver's steering wheel. Because – Let's be honest. There's we still have seen this multiple times this season. We saw it at Austin. They're like, "That's three. and he's like, "What?" You know, like he didn't even know he had one or two yet. And I think yeah. so. Like either the race engineer or I mean, put it on the teams. I don't care, but like something's got it. It's for for how big these cars are, for how fast they're going, for the loads that they're going through, through the different like all the stuff that the driver has already been put on to have it be on them to imaginarily stick to a four inch wide white line is just i mean come on make it more feasible because nobody really wants to see races and stuff being decided by that right um but the other thing that that has come up in talks is that 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 penalty is also only a five second penalty and same with gaining the track and passing and, and getting an advantage that's only a five second penalty and what's happening now is that in certain situations as long as it doesn't cost you a qualifying position like it did with Max at Austin. But if you can go off the track or break track limits and gain an advantage and get past somebody that's holding you up and can and can get further away than five seconds to them, then the penalty doesn't hold enough teeth to like be a like a deterrent to that anyways too. Um, so I don't I don't know. What do you think about that, Dad? I think you, I mean you can't. It's just. It's got to be a strong penalty. I'm just going to – Go ahead. I just don't know if the technology exists to be able to 
um, determined whether one of the inside tires traction pattern oh. is on the white line or past the white line. You're telling me that these F1 teams who have, can tell you the temperature of that tire at that moment and that if they're gaining or losing a hundredth of a second in that corner can't tell you if you were past a certain parameter? Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. I'm sure there's a There's way. God. I mean, my the iPhone is like a computer. Like right. you can, these guys with $140 million. Computer? <laughs> AI, computer, yeah, AI, maybe get I AI watching you, oh, all of it. I know what we can do. We can take the bumper off my car and then just bury it in the cement because it's got sensors for. There you go. Backing up and yeah. all that. Oh, that's simple. Same no, I, I. But then that means on each corner you have to drill a hole to put in a sensor, and then you got to run power to it. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're constantly doing work on tracks, anyways. They're resurfacing, you know. Austin, several segments of Austin were resurfaced. Um, you know, they 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 changed well, the curbs yeah. out. You know, I mean, it could be in a curb. It could be part of the installation of curbs. Because they usually are having to go over a curb in those corners, anyways. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be just like I mean, I'm thinking kind of like a like a bark fence or a electric fence type. <laughs> they have the driver's corner and shock collars. With a, <laughs> like they a dog know. bark collar. Track limits. Yeah, I kind of remember a story about that with you and your sister one time. Yeah. Uh, we, won't, we won't talk about nah, that. We'll sidebar that for after. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think something's got to be, there's, there's just got to be a better way. I don't. I think drivers should be able to know. I think we'd see less infringements if there was some sort of notification. And and if not, then they have no, there is no uh, excuse. Like you, you knew what you were doing every time you got a warning. So, um, but it was very uncharacteristic to see Max make such a, such a big mistake because throughout the rest of this year, when, when track limits were a big issue, he, he was, he's always chief among the people that had little to no errors ever. And so to, to, to do it in a, I mean, it's not as high as stakes because he's won the championship already, but I mean, he's still max. Like he's still always driving, always focusing. That's like, so it, maybe this is a sign of a little bit of him letting up, but because um, he has it in the bag. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's won it. I mean, I mean, he's really won it a long time ago. <laughs> it's just only been recently made official. Other things that have mm-hmm. recently been made official is the FIA raising its max fine from 250,000 pounds or euros to 1 million. Did you see that, Dad? I did. And all of the drivers oh, that's how backlash? That's how, that? pay for the cen- that's how they'll pay for the censor. Well, well, that's one thing on that corner. is made aware to me. I was watching <laughs> the race, uh, the races little video about this, and drivers don't know where the money that they pay in fines, what it even goes to. Well, I think it should go to drilling in those little holes and there you go. The track limit issue, or yeah, like eliminating the need for track limits. <laughs> I think most all of us would vote. Yeah, raise the fine for that. But the the other thing that brought up is that a lot of the other drivers brought up is that if they were given a fine of a million dollars, 
a lot of these drivers wouldn't be able to pay it. Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, that kind of surprised me. Um, I mean, but I guess the because Russell said Russell was famously said when when being asked about this that when in some of his early years of um, racing at Williams, he was losing money every year racing after he paid travel and hotel accommodations for like his trainer and for, and I was like, that shit's not supplied by the team. But I guess, I mean, Williams didn't have a lot of budget. Some of these guys don't have budgets. I mean, like, so you're paying to bring your trainer nutritionist or people around with you. And like, and then I guess they said their super license fees cost 16 grand a year. To maintain your super license, and then well, they, but they that's make based them on pay for points that they got last year. What, yeah. what do you mean by that? So, like, I think it was like two thousand dollars for every world championship point you got last year. So, so does that mean you have to pay? Yeah. So that means like Max is paying like four hundred or eight hundred grand for his super license. Well, you know what it was for. Um, Oh, I can't. There was a graph in that article on that podcast. Somebody's paying a million dollars. It's probably Verstappen. It has a million to be. dollars. If it's two thousand dollars per point, he has like four hundred and something points right now. It may be more because, yeah. So no, his I would his start super coming, license. I mean, he's also making a hundred and forty million dollars a year, or, or his contract oh. is a hundred and forty million. That's before bonuses. Before endorsements, before any like extra, like, and he is like literally the most famous person in in the Netherlands. So I'm sure he's getting like, so like he could do anything. But also, like, what can't you do with thirty or forty million dollars well, a year? Andy, he also has a family to feed. Oh my god, the, his family and his mm. best friends. <laughs> you mean his ex best friend? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. That, but I, I still think it's like uh, that was one of the drivers, you know, Lewis Hamilton was quick to say, he's like, this isn't a big deal for some of us, but this is a huge deal for others. And when you add on the lack of transparency to where this money is going, it does present itself as like a cash grab. Um, but I mean, the FIA is a non not for profit organization, so it does go to racing and making racing better. The one thing that it did go to, too, is, like, you know, significant safety advancements, like the halo, and then, like, that bladder system for, like, the fuel. So, like, the, that accident that happened to Robin Grosjean that we showed you. Mm-hmm. So, stuff like that doesn't happen again. Oh. Tethers on the wheels so they don't go careening out into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, lots of... That, that the, the FIA is in charge of funding and seeing that. But also, like setting up driving or racing academies in different parts of the world. And so like, I think it's cool if it goes to stuff that drive, I think drivers should, they like the, sorry, AD moment that drivers and teams should have a, there should be transparency for them and have a say in where that kind of goes. I think would be cool. I think you would see more teams being able to sign off on that. And a clarifying question is the are the fines up to a million or they're a million? No, no, no. So like that would be Yeah, they are. The the It's not every time you get can, fined it's a million, no. Okay. Yeah. Usually it it's can, like fifty thousand is the highest I've seen. Yeah. 
What's the highest? Yeah. Fifty thousand for an individual for a driver. Okay. Lewis Hamilton was fined fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand euros this year for at Qatar for walking across the track. You're not allowed. You're supposed to like go to the edge and then be driven back to the paddock by somebody. You think that was a conscientious choice he made? To <sighs> $50,000 to him it's is nothing. can't be anything. No, no Like no. literally any. And then they petitioned it and it got brought down to twenty five too. Or half of it got deferred. Um, and then he was also fined $50,000 a previous season for touching someone's car. Like he was touching a wing and you're not like you're not allowed to do that. Oh, wasn't you that Max? No, it was Lewis. Look. Max, oh, Max, okay. Max commented about it. That was pretty funny. He's like, he's like, don't touch anybody's car or something. <laughs> but he, he also said then when the when they raised the limit to the million, he says, so if it's fifty thousand dollars for touching the wing, what do you got to do to to get it fined a million? Right. Um. So I don't. I mean, teams have been fined a lot. Racing Point was fined four hundred million. Um, for having illegal brake ducks. What was it? What was it? McLaren in the 08, that spy scandal. They got fined like 150 million for like spying. 120, 120 some, I think. Um, but yeah. a lot. A lot. An unfathomable amount. Of well, but like, so you, you've come to the sport in this, you've heard them talk about cost cap mm-hmm. and like being needing to be under the cost cap. Mm-hmm. That's new. Like, it was not unheard of just a couple of seasons ago for Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, uh, Mercedes to be, to be spending over 300 per season. Million? 300 million. And then the most I ever saw was Toyota. What was that? In the one, yeah. one year that Toyota was in, they spent like over f- almost half a billion dollars. They were only in for one year? Yeah. Wow. And they didn't win. Oh, they spent... No. They like spent like yeah. twice as much as the next person, and they they didn't even have a car. And they really they sucked. They really were. They, yeah. they were they were horrible that year. Yeah, and they spent. So. I mean, like, yeah. And it's then they ultimately pulled out. I, of they think. Yeah. Well, and no, that no. cost cap, that hundred and forty million, that doesn't account for driver salaries. That there's a lot. There's there's stuff that isn't included in that, too. That's insane. Yeah. It's but but that some teams are struggling to not spend more than that, and other teams on the grid are struggling to even get to the cost cap. Oh, I see. That's kind of what what they're saying is like with this this penalty of a million to to some teams a million euros and to some drivers a million euros is a holiday, like literally. <laughs> oh, I won't I won't buy another car, you know. Right. And then to others, it's, I need to get a loan to pay that. Wow. So it's like, there is still like a discrepancy, a pretty vast discrepancy in pay and funding and sponsorships. Well, That's and why then don't forget. Team, go ahead, Dad. Sorry. Some, some drivers come to the table with tens of millions of dollars to buy their seat. In backing. Mm-hmm. Either like by yeah. the, their family. Yeah. Or like yeah. Checo has sponsorships that follow him, mm-hmm. like, like that's for a lot of the time when he was at Racing Point and Force India, it was because it's like thirty million dollars a year, in yeah. Team sponsorship yeah. came with him, mm. um, yeah. So or Mazda Spin <laughs> when his team, his daddy, the Russian oligarch, like bought Haas basically. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. um, to get his son to drive or Lawrence Stroll. I mean, Lance Lance did win junior categories. He was he is a capable racing driver, but now the only reason he's there is because Daddy owns the team. Thanks, Daddy. Yeah, I mean, must be nice. Mm-hmm. Some <laughs> some people's dads worked hard. <laughs> you were too well, busy being like altruistic and like helping people yeah. to fund my racing career. Way to go. I mean, I think your quit back should be, well, some people have to be the skill to at least pass. <laughs> at least be able to <laughs> fit in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, last time I checked, there were no linebacker-sized F1 drivers. <laughs> F1 drivers. Yeah, is this a good segue to talk about height? Because yeah, mind, ask anything you know. Danny Rick is like 6'4". Yeah. I'm going to be heartbroken if he's actually like Five. I don't. I know he's not six four. Okay. George is the George and Alex are two of the tallest drivers. Albon like, and who's George? George Russell. Russell. Okay. I think Russell is over six feet. Okay. I don't know. It's definitely not. I don't think it's six four. Hmm. Um, but that's. I don't know. I think Danny Rick's six feet or taller, isn't he? I, I, I don't like think so. Be at least six one. I don't think so. Six one energy. I mean, it, you want to talk about Danny Rick some more? I could talk about him Lay day in, day out. Yeah, he's, he's your favorite. favorite. <laughs> yeah, I am in love with him. Danny, if you're listening, let me take Oh, my God. Nice Daniel, if you're listening, well, <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> um, Dad, have you heard that there was a self-published romance novel about Danny Rick? What? I thought I told you this, Andy. Oh, maybe. I'll look it up really quick. It's very, very Danny funny. wrote the novel? No, it's self-published by an author. Oh. It's called... <laughs> It's called Overtake My Heart. Thick Rick Races Whoa. for Love. Ooh. It's book God, one. Next. Book one of 69 in the Daniel Ricardo <laughs> romance series. 69. <laughs> okay, he's 5'10". Well, yeah, 5'10". He can oh. overtake my heart at 5'10". I wouldn't mind. No. He, he, he uh, probably he wears He could overtake lifts. your heart at 4'8". Let's the, be real. He oh. just wears lifts so, so Ash can... Googalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalookalook
And the picture, we're going to send this to you. You're going to, you're going to yeah. want a full size poster. It's him in front of a car <laughs> that's exploding in the background. And he is oh, like four X his actual size. He's absolutely shredded. Nice. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to put that up on the Instagram. Um, wow. That's crazy. How did we, where did we, that is. how did we get there? Got there from Heights. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Heights. Um, you know, that could, that could segue into another interesting event of this past weekend. Yeah. What was that? The F1 Academy. Oh yeah. What happened there? They, it was a, uh, what, what we should have. Hey, did you, Ash, are you, are you, uh, familiar with the F1 Academy? No, I am very bare bones when we, it comes to all things. F1. Well, this is, this is a, um, it's an all women's racing league yeah and they're kind of like you know f1 and and then f2 f3 f4 they're kind of in that f4 range of car horsepower yeah junior series and a gal named what was her name her last name is bustamante or something like that she's yeah we get no 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 kept showing her at austin she was at austin oh and I told her that's she just was she's the first world champion of that series. No, 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 it's not Bustamante. She's just probably the best looking one. Oh. So, but um, no, it's a gal from Mexico. I no Colombia. Oh, I don't. I well, I'm re- I'm really prepped on this. Yeah, what? way to oh, bring gosh. up a good point that you don't know anything. About. Well, what I what well what typical well, Americans' the, guide. Welcome to the guide. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we think we know what we're talking about. We no, never, my, we my never point claim was, to be experts. Or <laughs> yeah, that's right. But my point is, is Ash, what are you thinking of? What's your viewpoint on women in racing? And with the idea behind that, just like any other developmental driving league, one of these gals could, well, more than one of these gals could be in an F1 seat someday yeah and i just was wondering what do you think of that yeah no that's a good question i think having a woman in f1 would be life-changing game-changing i think that would be really empowering for younger uh viewers of the sport and like as andy was saying on sunday the viewership has shifted a lot now yeah. that we have you know i think you mentioned maybe drive to survive really opened the doors for a lot of u.s viewership and younger viewership and I think having a woman in a seat would really, um, like, I don't know. I just think that people would peak their, it would pique their interest a lot more because they would just want to see like how they line up. And then I think there would be a ton of conversation around like rules and regulations. And if women can even race because this happens uh, all the time when we play think, sports. I think it's monumental. It's like going what we're talking about women in and minorities and stuff in a lot of things is like, for someone to even like think that, that that's a possibility for them, it has to exist almost. Absolutely. They have to be able to see it. Which came from you know? the chicken or the egg. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. no, how many, I mean, I think it's going to take a very special rare young lady or, you know, having a dad or somebody close to them that's in racing and like sees that talent and like keeps them going. But like how much more of that would happen you know, how many little girls want to be Taylor Swift right now is what I'm getting at. Right. Like, you know, girls all know what they can do in the world. Sure. Because 
And like, we don't even have very many women congresswomen or your senators or, you know, we've never had a woman president, you know, like, um, so it, I think it takes seeing that as even a viable possibility. And I think like, I love that in the past, you know, Claire Williams has been a team principal and, right. uh, what was the lady's name who ran force India for so long too? Oh, man, see, I don't even know. I feel like an asshole. I'm an asshole guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, and one of our, I mean, Bernie Collins, you know, she's she was a strategist. Like, there's plenty of women. Yeah. And, it's, and, like, Lewis Hamilton is a big champion of it. Vettel was a big champion of, like, bringing more diversity, mm-hmm. more and more both in, you know, female or male or you know, minorities or African, you know, different well, skin guns. Well, I'm thinking, you know, we're we're talking about it's whether it's a woman or a man, we're still talking about the 20 best drivers in the world. Yeah. And so it's going to be an extraordinary um, woman that will break into there. Well, and I, okay? th- I think though that like being small, being, you know, physically fit, higher endurance levels. I mean, if we're talking about most of the women that I know, they all have a higher mental capacity than I do. Thank you. So, I mean, and I think some of that, you know, would be, has to be right in the wheelhouse, you know? I think women are just smarter because they've always had to be. Oh, yeah. You know, we can't rely on physical strength to get us out of every single situation. You can't just get mad and punch somebody. No, it's not going to happen. You have to use your words and your wits. Yeah. And out in and out of situations and to like break the glass ceiling in a lot of um, scenarios. So I don't know. I would love to see just more like if, if there was an avenue of F1 and it sounds like there might be with the Academy. So yeah. maybe I sh- should start looking into that. But. Susie Wolf is like in charge of that. Right. Oh, she's right. Toto's wife and she's one of the few women who have driven in a, an F1 car. Yeah. See that's, they need to start opening up doors to allow women to, um, partake yeah. in, in the racing experience as a whole. Yeah. And I bet those floodgates would open. Women love cars. I think okay? so, yeah. I don't know if that's a hot take, but like no. I, I don't know a lot about cars, but I've always had like a fondness and an appreciation for racing and yeah. for just cars as like an aesthetic and overall. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I should call Susie. Well, yes. you know, that's one thing. You get a hold of her. I would love to have her on the podcast. <laughs> when, one of the things I regret this season is not keeping up with the F1 Academy. Yeah. Um, because we try it, next it year. is, well, yeah, I, I just really regret it because I think it's, it is, a, it's just another avenue to watch racing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, at the highest level for any given type of automobile for any racing car. And so, um, and does it is it a feeder I mean, series? Like will will that will will that champion now we should look this up. Will she now have a I'm chance look, at like F two or something? She or is she is hired by McLaren. Oh. Wait, what? She She's on Yeah, with her winning the I'm looking for her name, not got it. Um she is a she's with McLaren. In what capacity? And she was talking reserve driver or yeah, reserve driver. Really? And because you know, Pato like O'Rourke. Oh no, Pato Pato Award. Yeah, the Indy driver. He's he drives for McLaren in the Indy series. Marta and Garcia is her name. Marta Garcia, exactly. Yeah, sorry and they were, yeah. 
funny. But uh, the um, uh, I lost my train of thought. With Andrew. McLaren? She's with McLaren, but at the race, um, the post-race analysis with uh, F1, Will Buxton, she was on for a little bit, and the other commentator was uh, Pato Award. Yeah. From the, and he's a McLaren driver, and they were talking it up like, welcome to the family kind of thing, wow. Marta. So it's already happening. So, it, it, I mean, yeah. rightly so. Rightly so. And, you know, her aspirations are to eventually earn a F1 seat, drive someday. Also, yes, please. Like, I, how much How much sponsorship? Like, think from a team's perspective financially, how much? How many doors that opens oh, 100%. as well? Like, all the new sponsorship deals that you could get. There Imagine being so the first F1, female F1 driver. The sponsorships, hair, makeup, and clothes alone that yeah. you could get. And I don't know how that would, if that, like, is in... Do you sweat at your job? Not as much as mine. She does her in Qatar. (laughs) (laughs) She just passes out. We all know women have a higher pain tolerance than men. Yeah. It's true. I just sweat three liters of sweat. Can you measure your sweat loss in kilograms? (laughs) Because I can. (laughs) And that's why I rely on degree. and, And... and look at my hair. Shaving L'Oreal. Tens of seconds off of my lap time. And they're like shaving her legs. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot you could do there. We should get on the marketing. We got them. just already. Uh, we've got it. We got, we got some artwork cut out. Well, no, I just thought, I thought it was a great opportunity with Ash being with us. No, that was awesome. To yeah, get I mean, a, a woman's she, perspective. Well, on, and she won it at Austin. Am I the first female you've yeah. had on the show? No. Oh, well. Heartbreaking, but that's okay. Congrats. Yeah. Actually, because... actually, you are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because the, the person that I was thinking of actually doesn't identify oh, that way. Okay. So that makes me the um, Marta Garcia of this podcast. So far, yeah. All right. I'll yeah. freaking take it. Thanks. All right. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, hope I don't know. Many I think, more, too. I There's, wish I knew more. I don't, yeah. I was all, that's I one just, of the reasons why I was like, Ash, come on the podcast. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I can tell you how hot I think these guys are, but. Well, that's true, I'm learning true too. a lot. I'm learning a lot. I mean, they are hot. And, and so. Um, <laughs> we do need to talk about rate this race as well. A little bit too. We have to talk about Hamilton and Leclerc being disqualified. Um, uh-huh. that was gutting, um, for Mercedes for, although Hamilton didn't seem to be that bothered by it. Um, but Leclerc was one of my drivers on one of my, my teams. So lost some points this season, this week. Dad's dad's the Red Bull of our league. He's, he's. Well, I lost Hammy Hamilton. Lost me points. Yeah, he was one of my drivers. You still could literally like not set a lineup for the next race, and I think you'd still be beating me. So okay, you're like almost a thousand points ahead of me. What's your F1 fantasy? No, Uh, Maseratim is what he goes by. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's where's oh where's Maserati? Maserati. Yeah, Maserati. Maserati. 
You have to join the league next year. I'm in it. I'm yeah. Awesome. It's just gonna be Ash and Martin. Ash, it's the best. I was like, how it took me so long to (laughs) figure this out. Okay, so look, do you do you know, Dad? Do you want to tell? Do you know why they got disqualified? Do you want to lay some knowledge out since I've been talking a lot? Well, I'll try. Okay. It there there are after each race, four cars are chosen to go through a highly scrutinizing evaluation of the technical rules and it, for every aspect of the car. It takes like two hours to do. And one of the issues that came up is that with Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc, the rearward aspect of the plank, which is a, a device of a certain width and height, uh, that's bolted to the bottom of every car. And the idea here is to monitor whether a car is riding too close to the ground for, to, uh, for the regulations. And if that plank is worn off, I think it's only Thinner like than nine tenth- millimeters. No, it's yeah, it can't, like, I, I'm telling you, it can't exceed it's point, nine millimeters. It's, well, nine millimeters is like pretty big. Yeah. So, but no, it's like 0.2 millimeters cannot be no. shaved off of the plank. They start with nine millimeters. No, it cannot be thinner than nine millimeters. That's still less than a centimeter. What does the plank start? Well, I don't know. Okay. That's like probably two centimeters. It's titanium. It's like the things that you see sparking when they're going through zones. Okay. Either, either there is a there's a minimum amount of how much that can be worn down. Yeah. And it's to evaluate track uh, car height from a track because the closer you get to the ground, the more downforce you can create, which makes your cornering better. So, but I this, think it's probably actually, for safety too. This has actually been a rule for more than thirty years, though, and it was yeah. part of the safety regulations that were implemented after Senna and what's his name died at Imola. It was part of a bunch of new safety regulations. Rat, Ratzenberger. Ratzenberger, thank you, Popsy Burger. Yeah. Um, it's been a. It's it's one of the reasons that Red Bull lost Singapore is that they that track they knew that they would be limited they would have worn through their plank to run at their normal ride height mm-hmm. um so they had to run at a higher ride height um and the same at spa they had to lift through on rouge which is a really, the one of the really famous corners there because if they would have taken that for 50 some laps it would have worn so much down okay so they are able to adjust the height of the car yeah or are there factors like load that affect the height of the one car? of the things was how bumpy austin was too oh Okay. Apparently, uh, the track was built on marshland, um, and so there's there's sinking parts where the the track is sinking. So it's really bumpy, um, and then I think and you know you could really see that you know on the the long shots they yeah. could really see those cars bobbing and, and on the onboards, man. It looked, it looked and the cool. onboard the heads are bobbing. But to answer your question, Ashton, yeah they they have they have. Uh, different lengths of dampeners or shocks and depending on how tall or short those are it can change the height of the car 
They they have but when to you, do that but when you're, for street circuits primarily. Okay. Yeah, but when you're when you have a bumpy circuit, you're going to compress that dampener more, which will cause the the monocoque body of the car to sink and therefore rub. And so, but it or was signif- just more the significant last aero loads. So, like on Rouge, has such a demanding aero load and compression of well, just and then circuit. just the compression. Just, you know, when you go into mm-hmm. that dip before you climb out of the turn, um, you know that that's a lot of compression. So G force one of downward G force. One of the reasons the Red Bull has been so dominant this year, specifically, is that they are able to run their car at a much lower level than other cars. Why? They, um, so these cars are called ground effect cars. So yeah, they, previous generations of cars had much more wings and, and things hanging off of them mm-hmm. to force air to push down on the car. Ground effect uses a very highly specific, they're called Venturi tunnels mm-hmm. that run underneath the car's floor you've heard a lot of talk about the floors of these cars or they picked up floor damage and that's why they're so they're second off or something is because well i think more than 60 percent of the downforce comes from underneath the car um the that basically like works as like a vacuum and like sucks the car to the ground but what can happen and i heard you they may have heard this in previous seasons a lot they were taught with we had a lot of talk about porpoising which is where so much downforce is created that it sucks the car violently to the ground and then it starves it once it sucks to a certain point. So then it comes back up and then sucks it back down and it comes back up, sucks it back down and it makes the car just porpoise like, up and down the, the track. And it's like a porpoise jumping out of the water is what it does. Yeah. yeah. And so Red Bull have this guy that is their aerodynamic specialist, Adrian Newey. He is the most winning car designer in the history of the sport. Something like 20 championships this guy has been a part of. And he is... Based the, on his the aerodynamic. Yeah. So he, they've, they never really had a problem with porpoising. And their, their aerodynamic efficiency is so much that they can run a smaller rear wing than other cars, which reduces their drag which is what makes them so fast in a straight line. Okay. And then you throw on the DRS. Right. It's that's that's they've been they've been able to gain at some points a second on a straight. And is this proprietary for Adrian or Oh yeah. Okay, no one else has this information. No, no. Wow. And like a couple of years ago they did like stud they did a for fun like which is it easier to hack into and steal information from? NASA? Or a top F one team, and they were it was easier to hack into NASA. I mean, these are like I mean, again, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars. Of private money too, not like government funded. No, right. I mean, usually, I mean, sponsorship money, but yeah, like, right. th- but still, now it's an allocation of a very limited budget to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't even want to know what Adrian Newey's contract is, but it's probably one of the biggest contracts in the sport. Wow. Like, I mean, we're probably talking Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen tens of millions in the double digit of millions per year because he was taken away from, was it Ferrari or is it McLaren that he went to Red Bull for him? Ferrari? Who, who is this? Adrian Newey. Oh gosh. I I want to say it was McLaren 
first because wasn't he didn't he work with Gordon Murray? Weren't didn't yes. Gordon Murray and Adrian Newey do the McLaren, the Senna car, the Marlboro car together? I mean, I don't know. It's it's he's here. Here we are again. <laughs> like like he, in the world, he's referred to as like a warlock almost. Like his understanding of aerodynamics and chassis and the way the two work together, it's always been a very famous characteristic of the Red Bulls, even like back to like Vettel's dominant era. Um, they've never. That's why this car is so good. Is that they have top line speed, which is something they've always been historically lacking mm-hmm. because of their they've they've never been a works team before so they were they always had to buy engines from somebody else mm. um and usually for a lot of the time their their partner was alpine or what is now called alpine Renault. Mm-hmm. um and it was not the best powering unit but their chassis was so good mm. that they would they would stay very competitive because tight and twisty tracks they would excel at um but it's always been a characteristic of the rebel to be incredibly aero efficient, incredibly like chassis heavy car. Interesting. Um, and now they're doing their own motors. Now they are. They were partnered with Honda for a long time. Right. H- Honda had to bail out of the sport because of their board voted them, and their former CEO took them out just before they won their first world championship. Oh, but Hon- did win. Or Honda's been in and out of the sport since the eighties. Oh. Um, and they're, they're now coming back in 26 with the new engines for Ashton Martin. So they'll be Aston Martin Honda. And right now they sold their IP and that engine to Red Bull. Red Bull formed Red Bull powertrain, like power units. And then they just, they just announced that they brought on Ford as a, sponsor for that so it'll be ford aston or ford red bull okay cool moving forward and then um audi is coming with a new engine in 26 mercedes will continue to be Renault will continue to be um but yeah and then andretti cadillac they're trying to do a team as well my question about not rolling out until 2026 is that like by contract they're already set for 2025 or is that just how long it takes Um, to develop and test no so the it'll be a new rule cycle they're changing the regulations that these teams and manufacturers have to build the engine to oh i see okay so what they did is there's a there's a component on these hybrid cars called the mguh i don't know what it stands for but it's it's a it's a bit of technology that takes exhaust gases leaving the engine and uses them to recharge the battery Oh, fascinating! but apparently it's incredibly cost like not cost effective mm-hmm. and it, it is one of the things that has been noted to keeping new manufacturers from joining the sport because a lot of these big companies manufacturers use f1 as marketing but also research and development for their road vehicles. Sure. So like in a lot of hybrid cars that we have now, a lot of that technology was developed in Formula One. A lot of safety, a lot of materials were all developed for motorsport. All the more reason for people to watch F1. Completely. Um, and so now that they've eliminated that and they've brought on new teams, they're going to change regulations. I see. So like when, when Red Bull started really dominating, that was – a new generation of regulations moving away from 
top-down aerodynamics to ground effect. The sport has gone through this, you know, I mean, we started with how many liter dev? Like two or three liter V12s. And then now we're down to 1.6 liter V6s with hybrids. 1.3? 1.3 liter. So 1.3 liter. An engine smaller than the one that's in your car. Wow. Is powering these F1 cars. That's crazy to think about. It's smaller than your car. And it produces six times the amount of power and costs. You could buy it. It's like $8 million per engine, you know, like per engine. Oh my God. Yeah. Like every single component down to every washer, every nut, every bushing, every, every single thing is proponent is specifically built for that team, for that car in their factories. There's none, none of the, none of, none of that will be shared. It's not like, oh, we're missing a bolt. I'll go down to McLaren and get a bolt. It wouldn't, they, A, they wouldn't be able to do that. And B, it may not even work. That's what's so fascinating too about like the, the tolerances of time that we are talking about Mm -hmm. is that you have hundreds, if not thousands of people working to build a car to a regulation and then a whole other team of hundreds or thousands of people doing the same thing can come up with two drastically different things that then are a hundredth of a second apart. It's wild. You know, it's like, well, what, huh? That's really the fascinating thing about it. It's F1. so it's fascinating. It's so scientific. There's, it's just really, And you really see, cool. it, it does make sense why, like, and it's one of the reasons I always love Lewis is that anytime he's in the limelight, he's always like, thanks to the men and women back at the factory making this possible right he like could not do it without literally couldn't yeah. and there's you know that's why you see also in some teams where it's like oh albon has the upgrades is because they literally couldn't make it mm. they could not they make it, it to, no they couldn't like they either like for financial reasons or like they did not have the time to physically make two sets of it mm. for both cars because if you're installing an upgrade, there has to be backup parts mm-hmm. in case you crash. Mm-hmm. So it's there's the logistical thing is fascinating too, you right. know, like, and because all these factories are like in England or Switzerland or, or Italy. And, you know, like, so you're in Singapore and you need something, it's got to come from Woking in in England, right. you know? There's been parts where, there's been t- times where, like, they literally send somebody from the factory on a plane holding the, the to get it to the race in time. Wow. Yeah. Or driving through the night to, like, yeah. get a part, oh, too. that's a race in and of itself. Yeah. Wow. So. Reception. So fun having somebody <laughs> to ask <laughs> all these cool questions, huh, Dad? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Because it's just, it is. That's, I'm seeing what it was like when I first started watching. Yeah. That that drew me to not only the exciting motor race, but just everything that goes into it. Yeah. It's, and then um, the pit stops. Technically. A lot of cool pit stop drama this week, too. Mm-hmm. Should we dive into that? No, we don't really. I mean, just just you can see how much work a driver can go through to then be blown on a bad pit stop. Right. Yeah. Quick time. Yeah. And drive to survive. The, one of my favorite parts is when Danny Rick has like a what was it like a fifteen second pit stop or twenty. In Monaco, pit stop. I remember it. Yeah, because the guys didn't cost him the win. Yeah. What happened there? Um, there was a miscommunication between the team and the driver as to when they were coming in. Oh. 
God. It happens more than you would think. Wow, that is devastating. It happened It happened this year. LeClaire came into a pit stop and the team went like, because it, it takes some time to get eight or ten guys out of their chair, grab the wheels, right. get ready, you know. They're, usually they're prepared. Well, but they, there was a weather thing. There was a rain incident and LeClaire just came in. He's like, and like, yeah, the guys weren't ready, but it's still less time than going around a, a whole lap and then pitting. So he's like, it still was a net positive. Oh, but in Ricardo's case, it was like pit and they weren't ready and he it cost him the race. That was just a terrible yeah. mistake. Well, and then you can only imagine the pit stops back in the, the uh, era where they were, where they, where they were still fueling the cars um, instead of running a fuel load for the whole race at one time. Yeah. Cars used to come in to get fuel and just the, the nozzle doesn't fit or things blow, you know, ignite in flames and the or, driver's or leaping out of the takes seat. takes off with the gas <laughs> with, hose still in the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What yeah. I love about it is it's so, so technical and there's so many oopsie poopsies. Oh, yeah. I mean, because we're humans. They're still humans. There's so much human error. Yeah. That adds to, like, the the drama and kind of what makes it funny. It's like you're seeing these people who are incredible. They're top-notch. They're, like, the only people in the world who really can do this. And yeah. they're still, you know, totally decimated by human error sometimes. It can be. I mean, Max, you know, can be dominant, 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 and then a couple inches over the line. Oopsie poopsie. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> um, speaking of some oopsie poopsies, we got to talk about how Leclerc went from being on pole to then sixth to then disqualified. I mean, that's a big time bummer, typical for Ferrari kind of strategy. And then the other question, I mean, not that it even really matters, but I kind of wanted to get your take on it, Pops, is could Hamilton have won on a different strategy before this? Um, before his disqualification, sub question: two seconds behind Max, is that is that real or was that exaggerated by the circumstances? What's your take? I don't know. Um, as far as strategy, it seems like Lewis th- thought there could have been. Well, Lewis seemed very unsure the whole time. Yeah, but. Well, I think more of it's the pundits we're talking about. If would have, Lewis would have come in maybe four or five laps sooner, it would have been a whole different race. I think it would have been. I, um, think, I think it would have been. But I don't know. To me, I would have been I raising my hand on a one-stop strategy with that limited long running in practice. You're missing mm-hmm. two practice sessions, and we're going to take a, take a big gamble on a one-stop. I mean, especially with the upgrades, especially with, I would have just followed Max's strategy, I think. That would have been my gut. And I think if they would have just covered Max off, I think, because we saw how close it was toward the end. I think he got the gap down to at one point. It was below two seconds at one point. It was, I yeah. don't, he never got into DRS, but it got really close. Yeah, it was, it was just a matter of a few laps of Lewis winning that race on his race strategy that they use. I mean, anyways, but we, we also have to look at this, right? We have to look at the fact that 
Lewis was running at a much slower, at a much lower down a ride height, which was increasing his downforce, which inevitably was bringing his speed up. Two, yeah, Max was having brake troubles and had been having brake troubles for a while, and was if if the Red Bull is the car that is more prone to this plank infringement, that means that Red Bull was inevitably running their car at a higher ride height to begin with to then be inspected and be found to be in compliance. See, I don't know. It was a Red Bull inspected. It though. was. It was Max's was car, one of the car, Norris's car, Leclerc's car, car. And Hamilton's car. Okay. So they're actually yeah. lucky. What if George's car was out too and Science's car? So oh, that baby. also is like making me, I'm a little frustrated that, I mean, obviously they can't check, I guess they can't check every car, but I think it's really bullshit that they're selectively taking someone's race away just by chance. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess your the argument back to that yeah. is don't break the rules and you won't get disqualified. Yeah. Why are they checking the top well, 10 drivers? What I mean, about the midfield and all that. I mean, maybe it's that. If you're going to random, you ought to take a car out of each basic It is level funny that, that and, finish. and the race highlighted that too. And they said, funny that the top four cars were the only cars chosen for this. Yeah, that's interesting. And I guess it does change between track to track and who they think may or may not be doing it. But I was like, this is, again, kind of like, okay, let's get a little bit more, like, hire more people, check every car. Problem solved. Right. You know, it goes back to the track limit things. It's like, why is this up for debate? Like, why is it? I, I don't like that. Like, if it's if it's a rule, it's a rule. If you're going to check one car, check every car. Like, because what if that, I mean, that could have literally changed it to being like, okay, now instead of Sargent scoring a point, Sargent's in the top 10. Or, I mean, in the top five. Right. Because yeah. 16 car. you know, like, like, let's be real. It's I find it unlikely that if Hamilton's car was disqualified, Russell's was legal. And same for science. I mean, like yeah, I think you could. Like, I just think that's kind of BS. Like, it either is a well, big enough deal or it isn't, you know? Also, a Ash, Ash. Right? Yes, Dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, you bring up, are there politics involved or not? There's always politics oh, involved in Formula One. <laughs> right. So it's, uh, but you know, there is something about the reworking of the Red Bull that made it stiffer despite having these, this incredible downforce, uh, you know, with ground effects, it doesn't let the car get low to rub the skid plate. And that's, that's the other aspect of the engineering in, in the Red Bull is that it allows these lower ride heights for better ground effect, but it doesn't allow for as much movement of the chassis up and down, um, to cause wearing of the, of the plank. So they're all on top of it. And that's, that's Adrian Newey again, you know, yeah. the designer. So we have to talk about Max toward the end of the race with those brakes. Don't talk to me. I'm in the fucking braking zone. <laughs> well, I think on the, I think on the TV, it sounded like beep. Yeah. Beep, beep. Lots of beeping. <laughs> I guess when he was asked, he's like, because he said, don't talk to me in the beeping zone, please, or something. And he was prodded about it. And he says, was I not polite? I said, please. Oh, my God. I was like, 
I ugh. he needs to go through manners one oh one. Yeah. Well, they, well then he then then he just kept it got escalated. You could tell he was getting unnerved by the whole thing because from what I understand, it was just inconsistent breaking. Which one time around it would be real super tight breaks. The next time around it'd be loose breaks. And he had nothing to gauge repeat performance. Um, that with consistent repeat break performance, it was kind of a crapshoot with each corner. And so it is very, but he was, though. he was, he was getting, he was getting unglued though. He, he does. And I think that's, that's where Max really shows himself. And and I mean I mean Lewis has a problem with it sometimes too. I think it it, it is those ultra competitive people like it's right there at the surface constantly because it's all they're thinking about. But mm-hmm. he does he never seem the thing that is really different between him and and uh, Hamilton is that he never seems to have remorse for it. Mm-hmm. He never seems to be like, well, mm-hmm. I was it was a hot moment. It was like he's like, no, they. They fucked up. They There's fucking no me. accountability. Yeah. And that's what I absolutely hate about Max Verstappen. I mean, Martin Brundle did have something to say about this situation too. I think we might Martin, do you wanna do you wanna give your take on this? So oh, it sounds like he's like Fred Flintstone with his feet out the bottom slowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that he was Fred Flintstone with his feet out the bottom of the car with well, the way he was reacting. Yeah. Unfor- unfortunately his radio uh, co- uh, contact was so far ahead it was hard to to put those together but he was this was toward the end of the race where he was really getting unglued about the brakes and he was he was just going flat out brat yeah he Max went into brat. Full, full brat mode he was and, such a brat. and so that was that was Martin's response to well, what what He's act, he acts like he's got to put his feet out like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> he's like <laughs> <laughs> he a classic so that's a, toddler regression. Yeah. Just such a fucking mm, very Anytime much Anytime so. he opened his mouth or the, the, they cut to his headshot, all I could do was flip off the TV. I, yeah. I cannot stand him. And it's, but it's also his, his passing and overtaking style, too, is I'm going through this corner. You can crash into me if you'd like. It's my way or the highway, pal. And that's, I mean, that's kind of always been one of the things that, that he doesn't seem to have much foresight for, or like the, the greater consequence of his decision making. And I think for that, he is really lucky that his skill backs that up. Like, like, because I feel like if he acted like that and drove like that and couldn't then deliver he wouldn't be an f1 driver i think it would be a very hard time getting teams to be liking you and like staying around and like like look at what what like danny rick gets with his personality and ability Mm -hmm. like for a long time he's been massively underperforming and yet his fandom only grows yes you know and it, it's like it takes Max being one of, and I will say this with 100% certainty, already one of the greatest drivers to have ever lived, once in a generational talent, and people are still like, eh. right. Like unless you're like, I mean, live in the Netherlands or like just have an affinity for Red Bull or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean, he's like, some he's people like, like the empire, he, you know, I don't know. He, he acts like um, he's one point shy 
in the world championship. Yeah. You know, and he won it six months ago. Yeah. But I mean that it's hard because that is what causes world championships to be made is that unrelenting pursuit. But, um, it's, uh, it's also what causes you to look like a crybaby asshole yeah. <laughs> if you don't learn how to get that in check. Yeah. Well, it, I think I don't think it's great for morale with no. the other thousand employees. Yeah, you know, I he wonder- treats people like crap and um, with no, at least seemingly unapologetically so. And um, I wonder if JP. Geez, yeah. I wonder if JP. His his race engineer, the guy he's yelling at all the time, because they're always yeah. like, we're like an old married couple. We, you know, but there's. He, I wonder if he has like a, a a yelled at by Max bonus, like Alonzo's early bonus for talking up stroll. That's a rumor, not confirmed. <laughs> no. Not confirmed. That's, what, that's our thought. My eyebrows were all the way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if if you knew the Alonzo of the past, not just the new Alonzo, you would be saying there's money changing hands for him to talk mm. like that. <laughs> But I wonder JP has some sort of thing where it's like, oh, Max yelled at you. Here's uh, 50 grand. Or at the very least, I hope he has a therapist. Well, yeah. I think it'd be interesting that, um, you know, when people are fed up enough, will they leave? Or is well, the power I, of Formula lo- One, there the was- politics of Formula One so big you can't? It's like you're sucked in and you're stuck. There was that um, – there was that uh, – that moment this year where um, he mouthed back to Max and he's like, okay, Max, you tell me the strategy then. You tell me what tires you want to go on. You you figure it all out. You just let me know what you want to do. And then he like hung up. I was like, yeah, buddy, talk back. We, they needed that McLaren well, fan that was out in, the, out in the audience to just come up and be like, uh-uh, son. Yeah. You do not talk to, see, to a fellow adult that way. I would love to see that woman and Max in the ring together. Yes. I'd love it. He would crumble. Yeah, he would. He'd probably be like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> You're not my best friend's girl. I don't know how to act. <laughs> do you have a kid I can raise? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't talk to me while I'm breaking. Yeah. <laughs> we were roasting him. We were just roasting him while we were watching. Yeah. Him. Well, and, and the... One of those was um, they were just informing him of the time interval that Lewis was catching him at, basically. Yeah. You know, just a a little blurb, you know, 2.36 seconds. And from what it was, eight or something like that before, or 13? Yeah. Just just an update. And he just went, like, had to have a diaper change or something after that. Um, I... uh... I did hear that there was a lag in some of the radar that they had at the track on Sunday. So it could have been that he they thought he was actually not talking in a turn and was. Um, like he thought they were on a different part of the track at that time when he was interjecting. Because I don't – it doesn't seem like a common mistake for somebody like that too. I don't know about you, but I only got to be yelled at once to like <laughs> – unless he was just fucking with him at that point and being like, oh, okay. Try a nice next time. We'll see. I'll keep talking. I'll talk in every breaking zone from here on out. If you don't talk to me nicely. I like how he ended it at all. Every time he got yelled at, he was just like, understood. Understood. Noted. Talk. Check. Got that. Yep. I think that's that's a back team uh, code. Yeah. For Sasuma, Max. Yeah. 
<laughs> get get Max's bottle ready for when he's out of the car. All right. I think that's oh, a, that's, <laughs> that's enough. enough. Yeah. Um, Have we even talked about the race? Jeez. Enough. I mean, it wasn't like hmm. I was like so amped mm-hmm. for that. And it really just was like ended up being quite a tame, tame event. I will say from my perspective, it was my first ever like race watch. And yeah. I have seen so many like videos of like crashes. Yeah. And just, like burnouts. Safety cars. Safety cars. And there was really none of that yeah. this time. So it was it was probably a really good like textbook first race for me to dive into and really study the like yeah. logistics and you know, nuances. Well, yeah. But I mean, very you know, good. That is sometimes the sport. Like, that's why I told you, like, one of the great reasons to get F1 TV is that race in 30, because it's like, usually there's about 30 minutes worth of, like, real excitement. Right. Um, But, like, we got to see a lot of good, there was quite a good, you know, like, Hamilton did have to overtake Norris. There was some pretty good battles, but there is usually more of that at Austin. It's a a driver-friendly circuit. Like they really, the drivers really like that. And I thought that they would be very critical of how bumpy the circuit has become. But I guess the, the, the what I heard is that they all love the bumpiness of it. Like it adds another characteristic of, you know, which lines can you handle basically. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Kind of like how at Zanvoort with that banked turn, like there are actually different lines now that emerge. Um, which is really cool because usually with how much data and stuff that we have now, like they know exactly where they need or they know where they should be going to get the best lap time. Mm-hmm. But there's a really famous bump at Monaco that all the, like it's not part of the track, but it basically has become like all the drivers swerve at the same time to avoid this, this one bump oh, that it actually becomes part of the track. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's like, I think, I wonder what I wonder what's going to happen with that though, because there was so much criticism about it that I wonder if, or discussion, if the the owners of the circuit will will be doing something about that mm. in the off season. Um, who knows? You know, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about the race that I thought was interesting was yeah. uh, with uh, Aston uh, Aston Martin that um, Alonso reverted back. To the old arrow setup prior to, yeah, and he was actually at one point, and I have it at lap 13, where uh, the comment was that Alonzo is running at a pace of the front runners. Oh, wow. So, but then that didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, it seems like that every uh, upgrade that Aston has brought this season since they started bringing upgrades has been downgrades actually. Well, um, their first, you know, their, their first stuff was good. Yeah. But this, but they haven't been able to keep up with the mid to later race. And that was what, that was kind of always predicted because it's kind of like they really put a lot into the front end of the, of the season and not expecting to do too much toward the end of the season. Yeah. And, we're kind of seeing that, but the any upgrades they did put, Alonzo seemed to, and that's another brilliance of Alonzo, his ability to kind of know, understand how a car is working and what needs to be done to fix it. Yeah. And 
So he reverted to an earlier version of the the car, and and Max, I mean uh, Lance, kept the upgrade. Um, so, but he also Lance also finished in seventh. So yeah, didn't didn't Lance pass Lance passed Alonzo at one point? Oh no, Alonzo retired. Somebody re- didn't yeah him retire. Yeah, Alonzo's retired. Yeah. What was so, that due to? They had, and they had brake issues all week as well. Yeah, you know, weekend. I knew you were going to ask that, and I can't remember. Uh, oh, Alonzo had floor damage. Floor here, my note. damage. What That's right. That yeah. Early on? Mm, I thought it yeah. was midway. It was after the first pit stop, wasn't it? No? Yeah. But I don't know. They didn't comment. Did he hit some debris? Did he run over a wheel wrench or? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, and we lost Piastri, too. He was on my team. That was my team. Yeah. What happened to yeah, him? He had damage, too. too. It was something. Um, he was oh, he overheating or something. Someone also got <clears throat> he was overheating because he touched. Go ahead, Ash. Do you remember? Well, I, I don't know if this was the same incident, but someone got hit on the left side of their car. Do you remember that, Andy? Yeah, I think that was Rick. Danny Rick had side pod damage, too. No, 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 and no. And Ocon. No, no. no, that was Ocon. It was going. Ocon. Um, uh, Ocon went into Piastri, yeah, and immediately was out with yeah. a side putt uh, that just looked pretty rough. Right. I guess, but Ocon also suffered, suffered side putt damage that caused a leak in his cooling system. That's right. And it, and then as time wore on, he over, started to overheat, so he was able to continue. Um, and so that was the issue there. He just couldn't keep the temperatures down and. As they found out, it was his cooling system was damaged. I guess, even though his his exterior side pod didn't look too bad. I mean, you know, it had the the, the Rip- wheel and tire scuff, but didn't tear it up like Ocon had. Ricardo also had side pod damage. Did he from a scrap with uh, somebody? <clears throat> That's why they were there was a very big, huge discrepancy between Sonoda and Eighth. And Ricardo a lap down in fifteenth. Okay. The other thing we have to talk you know, about, we have to talk about, is double points for Williams. What does that mean? Yeah, it's the first time Logan Sargent's gotten points oh, the entire season, and that wouldn't have happened without the disqualifications, correct? Actually, he did. He was twelve, uh, so he moved up no, to ten. Yeah, yeah, he it wouldn't have happened without the disqualifications, yeah. but but. But we'll give it he's to usually, him. he's usually, you know, eighteenth or worse. Yeah, that was a good result for him. So yeah. it was a Much great result. Needed. I think too little, Not, too late. I don't know if it's gonna. Yeah, I think it's too little, too late. I think he's gone next year. He's just that was another. Dollars. That was another. Uh, he, well, he's Martinism about being a day late and a dollar short. Yeah. He um, <laughs> he has not once outqualified Albon. Like usually, most most of them are pretty tight. Like remember, we were talking about like it's unfortunate that your biggest competition is yes. your teammate. Actually, right. and I mean he's crashed a bunch. He's made countless errors. He's not delivering, and he's not like seeming to be getting better. Sure, he's seeming to like not be able to recover. Kind of like what's happening to Perez at the moment, or that happened this season. That we'll see. There's a couple yeah. drivers that are. On the bubble, we'll say. 
Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Auto parts. Parts. Woo. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. What did you think of the Red Bull livery? It was still shit. That. No. It yeah. had the, the U.S. flag on the side I pod. I hated all of that. Tribute. I didn't even notice. You did? I yeah. thought it was cool. I thought, and I think Williams it was did it too. To and, I, I, did they? I thought it was garbage. I still was like, I, I, they even like posted on their, like their, uh, Instagram. They're like, look at this one off. It's so rare that we actually do a livery. And then when a fan designed it and picked it, I was like, it's still shit. Like you still felt, uh, well, that's my opinion. And I then there was, was that whole maybe, publicity maybe stunt because where they were car- flying in on a helicopter over Austin. I was like, give yeah, what? Give it a break. Oh, because bud. of the flag? Because I of guess. the flag and the I Texas star and all I that. Don't know. I thought they're trying to cut costs. Yeah, right? But, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, you didn't hear them talking about, oh, a million dollar fine as they're like flying a helicopter in a car. <laughs> I also yeah. was secretly hoping that it would just like a cable would snap and or something and it would fall into the river <laughs> or something. The- uh, before it. It was before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably, it, it was probably made of cardboard or something stupid. It was a car. It was like a know. real F1 car. Paper mache. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other yeah. thing Paper that mache. was cool. That's, ask the Germans about that during D-Day with yeah. all the fake stuff that happened in England. I guess Danny Rick him- had one of the uh, a previous year Red Bull in Nashville and was like ripping around the streets in Nashville. Pre-race? Yeah. Oh. Like earlier on in the week. Oh, And then everybody in a cowboy hat, everybody was going to like some boot shop and Uh like, um, but what, one of the things that I did think was really cool is all the drivers got given bolo ties by some, like some famous bolo tie maker and some were like really cool. I would love to see those. Oh yeah. yeah. Like really, really like, I only saw a couple of drivers post something about it, but it was like Landon Norris had had his, like his LN logo wow. and like or they would have their number or like that is a great gift it was really cool wow that's awesome. yeah yeah no doubt oh. that's that's really a maracana there yeah but uh um, like, I, yeah, I, like other- I, I like it but i'm also like guys yes okay like we are in texas i get it but like how many years are we going to do this cowboy hat, cowboy boot? Like until the day we die. It's the code of the West, forever. Andrew. Come so, on, man. so in 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 Vegas, are they all going to show up with those like Strippers. big, <laughs> those big tall like uh, you know booze? You know, they're like a, the a blues flute. Yeah, yeah, like they're like they're like two feet of yeah. no. margarita. I feel like that's what you would get in New Orleans, and they're all going to have to start chain smoking. No, I no, no, no. Like they're all for. Um, or those guys that stand on the strip and like, like, yeah, like talk about prostitute, like slap the prostitute cards at you. <laughs> <laughs> they just come in like mob boss, like glasses and like, is it going to like Frank Sinatra hats? I don't, they gonna, I don't know. I are think, they have to wear like think, Rat Pack hats instead of cowboy hats? Oh yeah. It's like, that would be excellent. You have to live up but to you know, culture. yeah. Yeah. Our, our great American it, culture. It's so great. It's so American. How about, how about the, um, Maybe sh- I think there ought to be a showgirl theme because, you know, oh, that man. Vegas was that would be something with those big hats. And, mm-hmm. I want to see somebody do know. like uh, the who is the Tigers? Roy and um, the guys, they had the Tigers as their magic. Oh, Siegfried and Roy. Yes, yeah. Oh, Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're all just like magic and like they're like, now you see the tire, now you don't. They all just get a, I mean, they just oh. get like a magician's hat. Yeah, for Vegas. Oh, it's gonna. Oh be. yeah, there's a lot. Oh, a lot of great. There's gonna be a bunch Vegas. of playing yeah. card. It's gonna. It could either be really cool or really lame. We'll you know what we didn't have this year? What is the the stupid little cars and that game with the sirens? You know, the police leading it. That was Miami. That was the Miami one. No, didn't they do it? They've done it for two years at uh, Austin, haven't they? Where they? No, I don't think so. Oh, there again goes. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. We should say that that with those penalties, Carlos Sainz moved up to a podium and got another podium. So he yeah. finished third then. Technically, he was got, fourth, and then right. when the Hamilton got disqualified, he got moved him up to third, and Perez was yep. fifth, and he got moved up to fourth, which was good for – I heard that – one of the rumors that I heard that if Perez doesn't finish second, that he will be let go. For the next race? No, for for the for next season. Oh. He's technically under contract for 24, but it's not unlike Red Bull to, like, look at what they did to DeVries, you know, and that's how Danny yeah. got back is, like, mm. well – Half a season, you're done, pal. Mm-hmm. He was under contract for the whole uh, year. And they just cut it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're ruthless. Yeah, of course. Well, um, so when are you going to join us again, Ash? Because this was awesome. Yeah, we um, should do it again. Yeah, thank y'all both for having me on. This has been a really cool experience. I, I've loved listening to y'all yeah. for like months and months now. So, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for um, listening. Yeah, absolutely. I've learned a lot. Um, I'll come back anytime you are want. Are you starting just... to like really catch the, the F1 bug? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now that I've seen a race, I'm like trying to work around my work schedule. Yeah. Like Sundays work for race days. It's because fun. Because it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. The really cool thing is is now it actually only makes Drive to Survive even better. Right. Because you got to see all the drama happen in real time too. Right. But then there's so much that we as fans who are just watching the sport don't get to see. And then, like, you get to see, like, kind of, like, the behind the scenes of when it happened. Like, one of the things that I remember was all of the drama about when Russell was going to take Botas's place. Mm-hmm. And then I found out from Drive to Survive that, like, it was, like, months and months that they knew that that decision had been made. And they were having to, like, Covered. like not talk about it right. on media. And, like, it, it does add a whole nother dynamic to even, like, the thing that got you into the sport. It makes it... Well, and you can be like watching you with your friends and be like, well, actually, uh, actually works for months. Yeah. (laughs) One thing uh, your friend Steven said was that it's just male drama. Oh, for sure. And it's so true. It's a male soap opera. It is a male soap opera. And I kind of like having this perspective, you know. Well, and, and, and that's, that's kind of like one of the things that I've always said throughout the years is like, this should be a bigger sport in America. It's wealth and opulence. It's beautiful people doing extremely ridiculous and extravagant things mm-hmm. flying around the world in private jets, it's a you know, like show. drama, 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 because like you have to compete against your own teammate. Like there's been like in the past, there's been teammates who have crashed each other to win, Purpose, yeah. like directly taken him out to win the, the win the world title. It's vicious. Oh, it's, it's the so most. Vicious. Yeah. And then millions and millions of dollars are in the line. Right. Like, you know, it's loud, it's brash, it's, but it's also the like sophisticated. Yeah. yeah. It's really like multifaceted and very fascinating yeah. to experience. 
I recommend everyone get together with a group of friends. It's really fun. Race. It's I've tried yeah, watching a race by myself and I lost interest when you're sitting with people who understand the race or even if they don't have like a full understanding of it and you can just kind of communicate with each other about what you think is happening. Yeah. It really adds value to that experience. Oh yeah. Me and dad would usually like call each other too. We'll be like, are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. can I tell you what I do? Can we talk about this yeah. yet? <laughs> like, there was, that's the other thing. What like, I want to know. Start texting people. You're like, "What lap are you on?" I don't want to spoil this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> yeah, like, right. Love is blind. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what's what episode of the season yeah. are you on? I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, but yeah, right. And you're starting to learn to not get on Netflix or not on get on Instagram. Instagram. You're like, oh, I can't. I, I know. Yeah. I got on Instagram for a brief second. And the race had technically already ended, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, Dax Shepard already posted." About yeah, it. and everyone was like, "No, don't say anything." Yeah. <laughs> Um, hey Ash. Yes. I have a question for Ash. What's up? That if you ever have the opportunity or you create the opportunity to um, go to a race or an event where what I'm picking up on is that you've got this thing for Danny Rick. Oh, big time. And if if you ever go to a uh, a race or um, you know some kind of promotional thing where Danny's at, can I? Can at least I, I don't know, maybe Andrew would want to jump in. Can we help make the poster that says, Marry me, Danny Rick? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I have no shame okay. when it comes to like, yeah. interfering with celebrity hood or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I will do anything it takes. See, to he get seems like a real down to earth cat. I too. think he's really funny. Yeah. And. His clothing line is amazing. I just my you socks just socks came in. Right yeah, there. today. Yeah, I know they're beautiful. They're awesome. A little baby blue. Yeah, I would if I ever had an opportunity to make a fool of myself in front of him, I would a hundred and oh, same. Take it. Yeah, let's get it mic'd up and go to yeah get get on track and try uh, to try yeah. to interview him L- gladly. Yeah, <laughs> me and Dad always said that we would we if we saw Martin Brundle, we have to get down on our knees like Wayne's World and be like, we're not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Martin Brundle, we have one more bonus moment with Martin to take us out and end the episode. But special thanks again to our guest, Ash. Thanks to Ash. Remember, if you're in the Denver area, need a realtor, look her up. Thanks, y'all. And uh, thanks, Dad, for joining, too. It's always good to talk to you. Oh, Um, awesome show. This is awesome. And we got... I really enjoyed... Yeah, this was I really enjoyed Ash. And we have Mexico this weekend and then Brazil the following weekend. We got a nice three-week run. We'll be here with our race recaps for every single race. Thanks, everybody, and we'll let Martin take us out. Bye. Yo. My concern is they'll soon be saying, look, the crowd are all breathing in just at the same time and took away my downforce.